Yesterday, I was traveling back from visiting our seminarians who study at St. John Vianney at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I was in the Atlanta airport making my way back to Mobile. And as I rode the concourse to my flight back to Mobile, there was a woman on the train who seemed totally distraught. She seemed confused. She wasn't sure really where she was going. And she wasn't really even paying attention enough to hold on to a pole or to one of those overhand grips so that when the train started going, she wouldn't fall. And twice, she almost fell down, and I had to grab her uh, backpack that she was wearing to keep her from falling. And a couple of people around were kind of laughing at her, but she, I could just tell she was really disoriented. So I had her grab the pole next to me, and um, we started figuring out where she was supposed to go. She didn't really know the gate, so we found the gate. And I realized soon that she was not going to find this gate on her own. So I said, can I can I just take take you there? And she said, oh, please, please. So as I'm walking through the airport, finding this gate with her, she's starting to tell me she's so upset because her son had just died. Her son was 26 years old. It was her only son. And she was just devastated. She was traveling to Orlando to be with some of her family members, her nephew, just because she was so sad. She was so lonely and she missed her son so much. She said her son had suffered throughout his life with a, a rare kind of disease and had finally gotten the best of him. She lamented. She felt like the doctors and nurses really hadn't um, paid him as much attention as they should have. But as we're walking, she cried and kind of was letting some of this off but she just said father i'm just so thankful for you helping i've just been begging god to help me and um i know he sent you to me i know he sent you to me to comfort me and um thank you so much so i gave her a big hug and uh started to walk away and it was just a moving experience it it breaks your heart to see a mother grieve like that for a son but it was all the more poignant because on the plane I had just gotten about halfway into a book called Our Lady of Cabejo by Immaculate Ilibagiza. I have a hard time with that name. You might know her from her famous book Left to Tell in which she describes what it was like during the Rwandan genocide and she hid in a, a very small space with seven other women for months uh, in order to survive. But in this book Immaculate writes the story of Our Lady visiting Rwanda uh, beginning in 1981. And this is the one Marian apparition that is approved on the whole continent of Africa. And it's just an amazing story of her appearing to these, in the beginning, three um, schoolgirls in this very remote town of Cabejo. And just the incredible and intense love they experience being in her presence um, revealing to them messages of prayer, messages of God's love for them, so many different things. But one of the, one of the very striking uh, visits she had was she started warning them and saying the people needed to repent. They needed to turn their hearts to Christ. And, and, and there was one apparition in particular on the Feast of the Assumption in 1982 in which she revealed to the visionaries 
um, this river of blood and tons of corpses and, and people who were beheaded and just this horrible, gruesome thing. And the visionaries were crying and said, why are you showing us this? Why are you showing this? And um, the Blessed Mother said, you know, I'm, I'm, part of the reason I'm here is to beg you to please deal with the hatred that's in your heart. Deal with the forgiveness that you need to extend to other people or else something really bad is going to happen. You know, there's, there's these, there are these grains, there are these seeds of hate that are in the hearts of the people here in Rwanda. And, and uh, God can heal it. God is bigger than all the evil in the world, she told them. But you have to invite him into your heart. You have to ask for forgiveness. You have to invite kindness to rule your life. And as, as you read the book, it's amazing. I mean, there's so many miracles that thousands of people witnessed there at the scale of Fatima. Um, there are so many amazing cures and messages and uh, inspirations that people received over the next um, you know, 10 years uh, through these visionaries and through the Blessed Mother's um, visits. But as we all know, in 1994, this horrible genocide did come to fruition. I mean, Mary herself came down from heaven. Jesus himself came down from heaven and appeared to several different people with several different powerful messages. But people did not heed their advice. And in 1994, about one million women, men, children, particularly of the, the Tutsi tribe, were, were murdered simply because of ethnic hatred. These, these, these kernels, these seeds of hate had come to fruition, as the Blessed Mother had warned. And all of this just seems so timely uh, as we prepare for Advent, and particularly in the light of these readings, in which repentance is really the theme. Um, John the Baptist is coming, preaching repentance, preparing the way of the Lord. And, and a key aspect of that is repentance for people to turn their hearts toward God and to break ties with just being slaves to pleasure, to the things of this world, to status, all the things that we can so easily make uh, gods in our life. Um, and, and the prophet Isaiah, he says, you know, comfort, give comfort to my people. Um, you know, when the Blessed Mother appeared in Cabejo and, and was, you know, sometimes she'd be so happy and joyful and, and having all these amazing messages and even taking, giving glimpses of heaven. But on, on that Feast of the Assumption in which she showed them this river of blood and she showed them what was going to happen if they didn't repent, she was so inconsolable. It was like this mother that I met in the airport. She was just so upset. And the only thing that she said could console her was just if, if her children would just repent, if they would just turn from hate. It's a simple message, but just so uh, gripping. It's the same message of John the Baptist. It's the same message we see in the second letter of, of St. Peter, saying, you know, God has patience. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Um, but there's there's no... There's no easy way of just glossing over that. You know, it takes all of us taking the time to take that inventory in our hearts and see what needs to be repented of. And we, and we need to do this like from the bottom of our heart because just like the people in Rwanda, we don't realize many times how deadly those seeds are planted that are in our hearts of hate, of resentment, of unforgiveness, of uh, racism, of prejudice. 
you know, in Rwanda would lead to, you know, people people willingly collaborating in the slaughter of a million people who are just of a different ethnicity. Um, so all of these things together, you know, from um, Our Lady's visit to Cabejo, to John the Baptist, to St. Peter, uh, to the prophet Isaiah, there's this common thread that comes to us in Advent of repentance. We're preparing for the Advent of Christ. We're preparing to welcome him at Christmas time, but we're also... Uh, as Our Lady spoke in Cabejo, preparing for Christ to come again. He's going to come again, and He's going to reconcile all things. And we want our hearts to be ready. We want our world to be ready so that Christ the King can come and truly find uh, children that are ready to embrace all this kingdom has to offer. I highly recommend, if you haven't, reading about Our Lady of Cabejo and um, by, you know, particularly this account by Immaculate, it's, it's so gripping. It's so amazing to see the lengths that God goes to to get our attention. And, and as, as you read it, as you reflect on it, to take the time, uh, don't think that, um, you know, what happened in Rwanda is totally separate from your heart, my heart, from our country, from our state, from our cities. We have to do this necessary work of taking an inventory of our heart, our past, our lives, and really repenting of our sins, of the ways in which we've wronged each other, the ways in which we've wronged our God, the ways in which we've wronged ourselves many times, and just from the bottom of our hearts, asking for forgiveness, going to confession, and preparing a place where Christ can live and bring about healing in our lives, but also to bring about the reign of his peace and love in our lives, but also in the world around us.